Heyo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And we have a full CHGO White Sox crew. He's still back from Australia. Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckermall23. We do have like a festive set now. We have lights, but you can't People see them. People can't see them, but no. they, yeah, they're, they're back beautiful. There. Christmas lights. <laughs> it is the season, everybody, to be trading and giving gifts. And we're going to continue our uh, trading series from yesterday. We went through each and every division of the National League and gave a player that the White Sox could be interested in or, or you know, pie-in-the-sky idea. But we're just trying to figure out what teams or what players could possibly be a part of the first or one of the deals the White Sox could make this offseason. So in this show, we will be going through the American League divisions, each and every team, trying to see if there's any players that stick out. And we will also be ending the show with a big kind of, you know, this is our prediction of what trade might happen. Might. Um, <laughs> as Vinny shakes his hand. Um, but we do have... Some certainty, Carlos Correa, no longer a twin. He's going to San Francisco. 13 years, $350 million. Wow. Man, excellent for him. Excellent for him to bet on himself, get out of that contract in Minnesota. As I said, as soon as he had the opportunity to do it, he would. Minnesota, for their part, good job on them for first signing him and then trying to re-sign him. I heard that the average annual value for the Minnesota contract was higher than the one that he eventually signed with the Giants, but you see the trend. 13 years for him, 13 years for Bryce Harper, 11 years for Trey Turner, 11 years for Xander Bogarts. These guys are wanting the security of years and the no-trade clauses, not the big annual average value. They want the end of the money. It's $350 million in my pocket. That's great. And so White Sox, Cubs, all these teams who are you know kind of shying away and seeing the, the market go the way it is, it's not going anywhere. Big-time players, and you see, like, the last, like, 10 or 11 big-time players who are young enough to get these long-term deals are signing them. They're not signing the five-year deals to get out and get a second bite at the apple. They're getting certainty. Give me my money. I'll be 41 at the end of this uh, contract. Cool. And somebody said, don't do the math on 13 years from now for yourself because you'll get depressed. And I did. (laughs) And it was sad. 38. God damn. You're still younger than I am right now. 45. That's not that Being right. an old man. Mm-hmm. It's a good record, you know? <laughs> good, uh, but what do you make of the Carlos Correa contract? Yeah, I mean, great for Carlos Correa, right? right. I mean, that. <laughs> listen, I'm not saying that that these guys are tricking anybody, you know what I mean? These We're talking, those guys that you just listed off, these are the best players in baseball. Mm-hmm. The best players in the world at what they do. And remember, this is, uh, you know, a, a an industry that is in an economic world all itself. Mm-hmm. Do not compare what Carlos Correa is making to what anybody that doesn't play a professional sport is making. But... Um, uh, you know, that's a gigantic number and a gigantic number of years to be looking at. And teams are teams are like, all right, I guess this is what we got to do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and good job by the players, good job by guys like Scott Boris, yeah. who have turned this from, you know, very recently, just a, what are you, a 13-year contract, are you joking? <laughs> Into like... There you go. This is reality. And uh, listen, they did their job. Their job is to get as much money as they possibly can. And boy, did they do it to think that Carlos Correa is going to be making as much money in 2023 as he is when he is 41 years old. 
Good job. You got that? Good job for him. Uh, It's good news for the White Sox because the San Francisco Giants do not play in the American League Central. uh, And it's good news for the White Sox, not just now, but for the next decade, by the way, um, (laughs) that that Carlos Correa won't be playing for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, But, you know, at the same time, you can't help. And again, I'll find little sympathy here from the, the folks watching, but you can't help but feel bad for a team like the Minnesota Twins who are not a market like New York, L.A., Chicago, even Philly or San Francisco, still were trying really hard to to play with the big boys and mm-hmm. to do something that could get them a MVP caliber player to build around for the next decade. It, it, it really is kind of that have and have nots thing, but at the same time, you're a professional sports team. You're all worth a billion dollars. Go ahead. Right. Like <laughs> If you're a Twins fan and you see that you lose out because – they offered him 13 years into his 40s, and you still made a, a, a somewhat larger offer, I mean, 285 huge, for 10. It's a huge contract right. offer, right? It's just not as big as the biggest one. It, it very, It's very reminiscent of when the, the White Sox reported offer for Manny Machado, right? Where mm-hmm. it like, well, there is a way in which this is better, but it's not, <laughs> at the end of the day, the biggest amount of guaranteed yeah, money, which is the, yeah. the, the Twins right. kind of ended up with the same like, thing. Technically... He will get seventy more million dollars than what the twins offered him. That's huge. That's a huge difference in your lifetime because he's not going to make this money any other time. This is it. Carlos Correa is done for his life making money. This is his last contract. He'll be done. Well, but- and so ten years at the end of ten years, well, he'll be thirty-eight. Is he going to get from year thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and forty? Thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and forty, and forty-one, seventy million dollars? No. So might as well take the more money. And it's good that Minnesota was in that ballpark, but also not really in that ballpark because $70 is a huge-ass difference. I mean, like, would you be annoyed as a Twins fan or would you just get it? I would get it. And also, I mean, and people who can argue this, and especially tax people, you go into California, you go into San Francisco, that $70 million is going to be get gobbled up anyway, so you might as well have went to Minnesota because you're going to probably pay that in taxes over all the lifelong uh of the contract. So if I'm a Minnesota Twins fan and I know I don't do that or that my team doesn't do that, <sighs> patting on the back is a weird thing. But, yeah, you you offered, you tried. Getting him last year was a, was a steal, and this year you didn't get him. That sucks. But there's other people out there I think the Minnesota Twins can get, and everybody will be like, man, Twins are doing work. That was a good offseason for the Twins. If they get Rodon, if they get any of these players, if they want to go into the, the market to get Dansby Swanson, they would probably have a great offseason right there. And there was one question, I think it was from White Sox, Tom, uh, basically saying Miguel Cabrera and Pujols are kind of the signs that long-term contracts don't work. Uh, Do you agree with that, disagree with that? Because we've seen the corpse of Miggy, you know, tear it up in Detroit recently. I mean, yeah, go ahead. There was a stretch there where Miguel Cabrera was the best player in baseball. Thank you. I mean, that's what what you got. I mean, 2012, I was was there, I believe, the night – I was there in, in Kansas City the night the Tigers won the division that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown that mm-hmm. year. Uh, I mean, this guy was a perennial MVP candidate. Uh, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know what you think you're paying for other than that. Uh, you know, the the Phillies signed the, the 13-year contract for Bryce Harper. They don't make the World Series this year without Bryce Harper. Exactly. I mean... They they did they got they're getting what they wanted out of that. Um, you know the Tigers went to the World Series uh, in a year uh, that they had Miguel Cabrera uh, there. So it, listen, uh, you can talk about investing in the now and and it coming back to bite you later down the road. But if you get what you paid for, 
over over a point of a period of that contract, I'm not really sure how you can be upset with that deal as the team. Even if maybe way down the road when you're the rebuilding Detroit Tigers, man, you wish you had some more money off the books. But um, listen, I mean, Miguel Cabrera uh, built a Hall of Fame career by right. what he did during that contract in Detroit. Absolutely. And then when he got re-upped for eight more years, I mean, the past eight years, he's still about a 110 OPS hitter. So, I mean, he's not like below average. Like you're, He's not great. It's not a great investment, but... He hasn't been that bad, and we just saw Albert Pujols go on a crazy tear late in his career. So, I don't know. Carlos Correa might have something still left in the tank at 41. He was signed at 32 years old, Miguel Cabrera, to extension. And like you said, I'm looking at the numbers right now. 283 uh, batting average, on base 30, 35% of the time, 357, and 439 uh, slugging percentage for a 796 OPS plus, an OPS plus of 117. That's a good hitter. Mm-hmm. And you got, like Vinny said, you got his prime years. He was 32 when he signed that contract. Correa's 28. So it's a huge difference. You could say that maybe Trey Turner's deal a little, little suspect. Same thing with Xander Bogarts. But you're not paying for years 38, 39, 40. You're paying for now right. and going forward. These deals are good. These are what the deals are going to be in the future. Yeah, they're a roll of the dice and they're a risk. But damn it. If you're going to want a big-time player, you got to get into this market. If you're opposed to doing this, you got to do like the Tampa Bay Rays do and make players and have player development go well for you because you're not going to get in this ballpark, and this is where the top players are. That's where they are, and that's where they're going to be at, and they're not going to sign away from Scott Boris or go away from this trend for a while. So either get used to it or stop de- start developing players a little bit better. It's almost like... Scott Boris and, and, and agents and, and just Major League Baseball players in general have found a way to bring the posting fee from Japan <laughs> over to free agency, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, all right, I'll, I'll join your team next year, but you got to give me that posting fee with three years on the end of this contract a decade from now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I do wonder what you guys make of, like, the health of the sport, too. Like, Carlos Correa was, like, the last big fish. I guess you could say Swanson is, but even before December 14th, a lot of them are off the market. Like, we've, we've seen a lot of these go into the Machado and Harper thing go into February and March. Is it good for baseball that these deals have been done early? It's exciting for the fans, I think, because, because of the way that they came and the brief period of time in which they were coming, boom, 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 boom. It's not like you just are sitting around waiting with your eyes fluttering because you're so tired of waiting, and then one day in early February. It's like, oh, big news finally happened. Uh, this is kind of the way things used to work, right? A very busy winter meetings uh, and and just a bunch of free agent signings and really big ones before Christmas. Um, we, you know, for the last three years or so, maybe even a little more, that really hasn't been the case. I think it's more fun. It, it brings more fun to the offseason um, in terms of the health of the sport. I would have to imagine that your sport's doing pretty healthy if you got teams handing out billions of dollars <laughs> worth of contracts to, to the top players. Um, you you know, I'm always of the opinion that, you know, you can compare baseball to the NFL and the NBA all you want, but when every team in the league is worth over a billion dollars, I think you're doing just fine. <laughs> Not wrong about that. Yeah, the health of the sport is good right now. The fan base, I think, is uh, dwindling because of this is an older man sport, and so people who grew up with baseball, like myself and you guys, we still enjoy baseball, but people who are younger than me, they don't enjoy baseball as much as I did. So are they going to be here when that end of that college career contract is over? And I'm 57. I'm in the perfect uh, market for baseball. I'm finally in the, in the demographic they're looking for. 
what happened to the people behind me? That's the problem that I run into. And AJ brings up a good point. Is $27 million even going to be that much money 10, 10 12 years from right. now? Like, it's going to be a drop of the bucket. You talked about the Barry Bonds deal in 1990 or 91, and it was like, what, $5 million? It was, for, for like the highest contract in baseball at that time. So when Barry Bonds, after leaving Pittsburgh to go to San Francisco, signed a six-year, $43 million contract, which is exactly what Aloy Jimenez signed. Wow. How about that? Right. And he didn't even pick up a bat. Well, and that's what Justin Verlander <laughs> will make just this year. Yes. 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 $43 million. Yeah. So no. Uh, yeah. And $27 he's, million. He's 40 something, and he's 40 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the team that's like backed by Target, uh, $27 million should not be that much in, in 10 to 12 years. Certainly I've spent probably close to $27 million at Target. So, right. yeah. <laughs> Buy some people. Come on, twins. <laughs> Buy Correa uh, specifically. I, I'm glad he's not in the Me, team. Oh, so awesome. Um, but yeah, really, the only two big dominoes left to fall are Carlos Correa and Dayus B. Swanson. Uh, so we'll see Carlos what Rodan. happens. Rodan. Oh, Carlos Rodon. What yeah. did I say? Carlos Correa. 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 My bad. Uh, Swanson and Rodon. So we'll see what happens there. There was some stat that was shown to me: the streamer projections for Fangraphs. You know, showing like steamer, steamer. Was yeah, that? that was streamer. No, um, that was like a, that's Netflix. Oh. <laughs> yeah. well, there's also like streamers in uh, in fantasy play. So I thought it was just like a fantasy term, mm. but uh, steamers. Um, they they went through. I think it was this kid Griffin on Twitter. He went through each and every team and put together like how many players are projected to have a weighted runs created plus of 110 or higher. The Sox were at eight. Now, one of those eight was Mark Payton. So I don't know how much you want to take uh, too much of stock into that. No. Mankata was two points off. Wait, one of them was Mark Payton? One of them was Mark Payton. What? Why? I don't know. Probably taking in his minor league projections and that and Charlotte's so boosted, so like he had a really good Charlotte year. And but he's not going to be on the team. I don't know right. if they <laughs> actually have him listed as their left fielder since they technically don't have a left fielder and they could put uh, Aloy at designated hitter. So I just wanted to clarify, like yes, they did have eight, but one of them was Mark Payton. Uh, but then the team that led it was the Cardinals with eleven, and I just saw that and I'm like, that team should be the. I mean, if you're signing Wilson Contreras, you should be going out and getting Carlos Rodon. That, that last big domino should be falling in St. Louis, in my opinion. I mean, really, when's the last big-time free agent that they signed? Cardinals? Yeah. I mean, Contreras is, like, I mean, I mean, Arenado? I mean, at the top of the thing. Not, Arenado was a trade. Was a trade. Yeah. Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt was a trade. Okay. These are all trades. Well, that's okay. Holiday was a trade. Either. Yeah, I'm saying, they, they don't really get, their market is what the White Sox are trying to do, trade for better players. But the thing is... The White Sox don't have what the Cardinals have in their system. All the time, you see a person leave, and there's some other guy that you've never heard of, and he's good. That's what the Cardinals do when they turn those people into Nolan Leonardo and the MVP and Paul Goldschmidt. So do the Cardinals are the perfect thing the White Sox should be looking at. It's like we should get to that level right there. Always competing in our division, which is down. Not necessarily breaking the bank on – big-time free agents, but trading for those players and cost certainty for Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. That would be a little bit better if they went that route. But, you know, the Cardinals are the model franchise. Just ask them. It seems like their (laughs) two largest contracts were Mike Leak, $80 million for five years in 2016. That did not work. No. And then Dexter Fowler, 82 for five years. That's why why they're like F free agents. Keep trading. But, like... I mean, they had to give Contreras a pretty significant amount this yeah, winter, right? I yeah. think I think he might have. Um, this is from well, I think St. Louis today, so I don't know if they've they've upgraded the uh, the the Contreras contract. I don't know what it was though. Eighty-seven uh, five for five. So yeah, they just basically did the Dexter Fowler deal, but for Wilson Contreras. We'll see how that works out. Um, it is this time of year. Everyone's excited about the gifts, the holiday spirit. 
But what about the basketball? When I throw down an NBA action, it's got to be with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official DraftKings uh, official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can just bet $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. The Bulls are big, big favorites against the Knicks tonight. And that's tipping off at 6.30. Everyone can b- combine multiple bets for bigger payouts with DraftKings sports, Same Game Parlays. And Maryland sports fans, listen up. DraftKings is now live in your state. So if you're looking to bet on the Bulls tonight or if you're looking to bet on Damian Lillard, DraftKings does have a boost from minus 210 up to plus 100 for Damian Lillard to score 25 points and to score two threes. So download the app now to get on the Holiday Hoops action. Sign up to code CHGO, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And next up is pins and aces. It is that holiday season, and if you do have a golfer in your life, Pins and Aces is the place to go this holiday season. They're the official golf apparel partner of CHGO, and we love our Pins and Aces gear. Our guy Steven was getting tons of compliments on and off the court when he was hitting the links with his Pins and Aces gear uh, this past golf season. And Pins and Aces are a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. So again, we've talked about this even having dual purpose on the L. Um, or maybe if you were riding a plane, you know, I know that you can't bring your own alcohol, but mm. you had a beer mm. sleeve. It's at least cold. It's not the little bottle. They yeah. won't let it on, let you on with it without it being in the little bottle. Mm. I didn't know that. I don't, yeah, I don't get, try to sneak alcohol. You could fill. You can, now what you could do is you could perhaps fill a little bottle, like a little hand sanitizer bottle, with a bunch of beer, and go. then put them all in the beer sleeve. And I don't know. Cold. I don't know how the TSA would look at that, but that's <laughs> a, a, a possibility. I'm going golfing, guys! Come on. <laughs> so check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive fifteen percent off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, uh, let's go into our trades here. We're going to go through the AL West, AL Central, and. AL East and try to find some trade partners here. Steven, where do you want to start? AL West, AL Central, AL East? Let's start with what we know the most, which is the AL Central. All right, we'll start with the AL Central. And Debbie's saying uh, Chicago sports equals dead, but CHGO sports is alive. So thank you, Debbie. You're, Thanks, you're, Debbie. you're true about that. We got like 70 people watching, uh, but only about we've like got, 10 likes. We have 11 likes. Oh, we got 100 90, now. 96 people watching. I, w- I want at least 20 by the time we finish the AL Central. 20 later. likes? 20 likes. We need nine more to Steven's get to that. Steven's okay, calling. At least. I mean, if you're able to comment, I think you're able to like. So I'm just saying, like, you know, if we can I probably get it up to, to like 90. If you like it. That's true. That's fair. Don't like it just on. But I just oh, saw. We just I got just, it. We just, just got it. Steven, <laughs> Steven's call is, is working. People are answering the call. Thanks, y'all. Uh, all right, let's go into a, the uh, AL Central here. And Steven is also saying all biggest contracts in White Sox history as well. Uh, all those $80 million to Mike Leach, Dexter Fowler, and Wilson Contreras. Uh, let's start at Minnesota. Max Kepler, we talked a little bit about them not getting Carlos Correa. And this has been a rumor on Twitter and such. Uh, Matt Kepler and Nick Gordon for Lucas Giolito just because Kepler had a really great 2019, but it's been a little bit downhill since. Uh, We know how good he is against Lucas Giolito, so maybe we trade Giolito to the Twins, get Kepler, and start kicking ass. What was that? What was that fake trade that you just said? Uh, Kepler and Nick Gordon oh, yeah, for you Lucas Giolito. <laughs> you didn't hear. It was so wolf. It was yeah. ridiculous. Wolf. For your Nick way. Gordon's really bad. Ugh. Max Kepler can't really hit very well. No. <laughs> so what are you doing? You're trading. Your, you're trading the guy who might be your third starter for a uh, for a defense only outfielder. Mm. In division. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like signing Andrew Benatendi. Mm. Oh, your hatred for Andrew Benatendi 
lives on. Max Kepler's got more home runs. <laughs> yeah, but I'm Andrew Benintendi. One of them played a, in Yankee Stadium. A better player. One of them is a much better player. It looks like this is just a straight up pass on Max Kepler oh, right 100%. now. Oh, hundred percent. Not at all. I mean, hey, with no. his. I mean, it's not a below 90 OPS plus in the past two years. It's a 96 OPS plus in the past two years. Max Kepler's that guy who, if he were a free agent and they signed him to be the fourth outfielder, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's like the Victor Reyes minor league deal. Uh, not quite that bad. A little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think Max Kepler, just trading in division is going to be a weird and probably not likely scenario just because all of these teams are so close. You're not wrong. That's true. But at the same time, it's... You throw that out the window to get better, I think. And I think that uh, the, that thing that they always said, which is, oh, the Cubs and the Sox will never do a deal because of the crosstown rivalry kind of thing. I mean, the trades that they've made have been, at the time they were made, certainly, very beneficial for both sides. Yep. Uh, almost obvious ones, obvious trades, because it was like, well, you, both teams are getting exactly yep. what they need right now. Um, so... Why wouldn't that logic apply to a team within your division? I understand that you're competing with them on a regular basis. The idea of seeing, if you were to do that silly made-up trade, Lucas Giolito pitching against you four or five times a year would not be palatable. But the point being that, listen, it's about getting better and competing for a World Series, not competing just to be the top dog of the three or four teams uh, that are competing in a division in a given year. If it wasn't Giolito, like a lower price, would you be interested, or is it just not? I mean, what's a right? low price? Like, if they could trade Connor Pilkington again for okay. Max Kepler, yeah, sure. But. And that, that, <laughs> that, that trade, too, I was just trying to figure out, like, where Cleveland was. They were eight games back, too, at that point when they traded Pilkington for, for Cesar Hernandez. Yeah. So um, it, it did make sense. I just don't know right now, especially with how close it was, if there would be an idea, ideal swap here. Uh, let's go to the next team, though. I think it's the Royals. And While I'm doing that, I want to point out, we did get up to 34 likes now. Wow, 34. Yeah, Walter Creighton's number. That? And we're, we're only one team quickly. in. <laughs> and Matt Trusk, very close to Matt Tusk, said, I liked it. I liked, but I didn't like doing it with a smiley face. But we appreciate you doing it, Matt. Uh, we appreciate you moving your mouse over there or even just hitting a little like on your finger. Uh, but you missed this uh, rumor. I from, did see this rumor. Oh, you did see this. And I... I scoffed when I read it okay. on my phone, yes. So Sal Perez is the, the person we're looking at at Kansas City. I don't know if this is pie in the sky because I didn't even make this one up. This is just from Ken Rosenthal. Why'd you scoff? It seems very unrealistic. A, because of the same thing we said yesterday when we were talking about, uh, you know, maybe a, or a Blue Jays, bringing in one of these Blue Jays guys. I'm sure we're going to talk about the Blue Jays coming up. But, mm -hmm. you know, any one of these catchers that might be on the market, what are you going to do with Yasmani Grandal? Like, if you're not able to move him in this trade, you're bringing in Sal Perez, and so you have Sal Perez and Yasmani Grandal, and what happens then? You're paying right. both of them a significant amount. Um, it just, you know, these the pieces need to fit together, and I don't see a catcher piece, or, a, or I should say a catcher piece of that caliber uh, fitting as long as Grandal is still on the roster because you're paying him so much. You're not going to pay him to be a backup. You're not going to pay him to play once a week. You're going to have to pay him to be your catcher or, or be an everyday guy of some fashion. Um, Sal Perez would be great for the White Sox. They could use some power, and uh, certainly his um, relationship with Pedro Grafal would probably filter through the clubhouse if he was able to go in there and tell everybody how great Pedro Grafal mm -hmm. is. But um, it, it seems like a very hard thing to do if you have to have both him and Grandal as your two catchers. I just think that Kansas City would be so opposed to it. I know yeah. they have a different Face of their general manager yeah. there, so he might be feeling different because he didn't draft Sal. He didn't come he up. He did. Oh, did he? Their new GM has been employed by them for, like, two I thought decades. he was a Tampa guy. No, he was a, He's a Kansas City My, guy. I, they hired the Tampa guy. I, I messed up. Or manager. <laughs> so I think it's 
not the same like as you're doing the Pilkington for Cesar Hernandez deal. That's a big star, and the Royals would loathe seeing their guy in Chicago doing well. And as we feel about the Royals, I'm sure they feel about us, and doing deals with them is probably a no-go always. I think it makes sense why they might be interested in trading Sal Perez because they do have MJ Melendez and a couple other like catching prospects coming up and just the idea of getting younger, but trading him to the White Sox, I think. Well, know, and for two, what? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? If you're going to trade, I mean, is I don't know if you would say Sal Perez is still the Royals' best player. Certainly two years ago he was. Um, if he is, well, what are you getting? What are you getting back from the White Sox in this situation? You have to get a haul to help your, your future, your long-term future. I'm not sure the White Sox are even able to put that package. Well, down. Mark Payton did go to what, Brother Rice? <laughs> Uh, no, Rita. Rita, and then they'll have the, the Naperville Central guy and then the uh, Brother Rice guy. So. And he's projected to have a 110 weighted runs created plus. It's too of, many. Bunch of Chicagoans there. <laughs> they love it. There you go. Uh, so maybe no on sale, Perez. Uh, I just thought, yeah, it would be very, very weird, very, very odd. I could see them trading him like next year when he's got two years left of control and Melinda's probably ready to take it over, but... I don't think they're going to trade him to the White Sox. Um, let's go to the next team, and I think it's the Cleveland Guardians. team. Shane Bieber, hmm. uh, starting pitcher. There was two. I was looking up just like possible trade options and just things that people have wrote. The two names around Cleveland that stuck out to me that people were like, oh, Cleveland could trade them. Shane Bieber and your guy, who you think is better than Tim Anderson, Ahmed Rosario, because um, they could then move Jimenez over to shortstop where he's you know a natural yes. shortstop. So Shane Bieber... Having two years left to control, we know that Cleveland likes to sell high before you know they run, get run out of town. Do they try to get some value on Shane Bieber? I don't know why they trade him to the White Sox, but... No, I don't I think mean, so. Do you, do you see a Cleveland deal at all, though? Like, no, I don't see a Cleveland deal no, happening. No, because they've changed their focus. The, when they traded uh, Pilkington and then Cesar Hernandez, they were bad. They were not going for the division. Now they see that their team is ready to win. They did win last year, won a division or a playoff series. And now picking up Josh Bell, I think they're moving forward. They're trying to win. I mean, the needle move is not moving the needle that much, but they're moving forward towards, hey, let's start competing with the Yankees and the Astros, you know, not getting up there with the money, but they're not going to be selling off the players. And I think they can afford Shane Bieber nowadays. They don't make that much money. Their payroll is very low still. Even after signing uh, Jose Ramirez to a long-term deal, they could keep Shane Bieber instead of giving him away because he's still got great years uh, left to come. It's not like the Klubot when they traded him. It was kind of had on fumes. He wasn't the Kluber of past. Shane Bieber's still up there in pitching. I, there's a reason I called this list yesterday the pie-in-the-sky list, and names like Salvi Perez and uh, <laughs> Shane Bieber are, are, the, are the reasons why. Um, yeah, the, hey, Blem, the Blem, Guardians Blem, are not trading... Blame Ken Rosenthal. The for Guardians are not trading I Shane will. Bieber to the White Sox. No. Or so any team. They're done. They're probably not trading him to any team, but they are the Guardians who traded Mike Clevenger and traded Corey Kluber. I mean, but they got huge, huge prospect packages uh, in return. So I do not see that happening uh, in a deal with the White Sox, who, as we've discussed, uh, the prospect packages can only be made so big. Well, I think if there's a team that just won't trade with the White Sox, I don't I don't see the reason why Cleveland would give it. Well, they did the it two Sox years ago. They would but, trade with them. It's just it's got to be the right deal. You can't just say, like, oh, the the Guardians aren't answering a phone because they see Rick Hahn's name on the caller ID. If, if we're, <laughs> but if we're saying, like, the, the next trade that the White Sox have been talking about that Rick Hahn seems like 
they've been preparing for, it really doesn't seem like the major league for major league swap that's going to happen is going to be with the Cleveland Guardians. Like maybe a lower level deal where they're trying to figure out depth and stuff like that. I could see that happening for sure, but I don't see like Ahmed Rosario or Shane Bieber or any of the likes of that helped Cleveland get to the division last year sure. coming over to the White so You're Sox. talking about a big trade. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, like are we really going to have like a, a – 40-minute segment on, like, a, a minor league swap between these two teams? No. I don't know. If, is it the only thing that's going to happen over the next two months? Maybe. Come on, Rick. We're going to talk about Victor Reyes for a while. I don't want it, Rick. Come on. That seems possible, though. Oh, it does. <laughs> Let's go to the next team, and uh, it's going to be the Detroit Tigers. Gregory Soto, uh, the re- relief pitcher, uh, left-hander, flamethrower, I don't think they need more bullpen, but I don't know who Detroit has that would even be well, like. All you guys want to keep trading Liam Hendricks, so if you if you guys if the if the wish of White Sox uh, fans come true and Liam Hendricks gets traded somewhere for a second baseman, uh, maybe they do go out and get another sh- a shorer thing at close to be uh, to fill that hole at closer rather than just promote Kendall Graveman or Reynaldo Lopez, who are no sure thing to to be a good dominant ninth inning guy. Yeah, I, I, I but like, that does seem. You know, that would be way down the list of priorities, I would imagine. Right, and, like, scope would make sense, too, because, like, he plays second base, but, like, scope is exactly, I think you talked about this when you were looking at getting rid of Josh Harrison. It was players who were both good offensively and good defensively, and, like, scope, great defensively, horrible at the bat. And it's just, like, I don't think the White Sox can find that perfect marriage for second base, and I don't think it's going to come from from Detroit and you're certainly not you know. going to give up something in order to get a guy who is is zero at one of those two elements you know what I mean yeah. right and you talk about the bullpen and Liam and like you know the idea that you know the, the trade piece might have to come from there uh, later on I have my trade piece and I'm pulling from the bullpen but I don't even think they need to pull from the top like they don't have to pull from even Kendall or Liam uh, to improve this team um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with this bullpen um, and speaking of bullpen Vinny wrote about it on allchgo.com it's free and unlocked um, well, you wrote about wrote trades about in general. Yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of bouncing off of that idea because Liam's name is really the only one that's been brought up in terms of those rumors that fly around every uh, hot stove season uh, as someone who the White Sox would be listening on. I'm sure the White Sox are listening on everybody. They wouldn't be doing their jobs if they weren't, uh, as Rick Hahn is fond of pointing out. But um, I think it would be silly, as I've said many times on here, to trade Liam Hend- for the White Sox to trade Liam Hendricks. But it's kind of the idea that even if you – find this trade and there's a team that's going to deal you a guy who who fills one of the holes that you're looking to fill do the White Sox have the ability to do that without creating another hole mm-hmm. and I'm not sure they do right now in terms of making that major league for major league swap at least in terms of going and getting an impact player you might have to settle for a guy who is maybe unexciting to the fans in terms of your new left fielder your new second baseman maybe this is going to be Josh Harrison all over again at second base just because how can you go get someone better without creating an even bigger hole elsewhere, whether that's at closer or uh, any of the the core guys who we have been discussing for months? Oh, should they trade them? Should they not trade them? You know, you get rid of Aloy to bring in a left fielder and a second baseman. All of a sudden, you don't have a DH and you lost your second best bat in the lineup after already losing a Brave. So I think I tried to Goldilocks my trade to get in that nice sweet spot for the White Sox. I, I read your article and I was like, how do we make this just perfect? And, uh, you know, that's why I think, you know, you always say it has to hurt when you make trades. That's why I don't think mine is going to happen or it will be realistic. <laughs> but, hey, uh, we'll get to it. We are going to take a quick break and let you know about the DraftKings pick of the week. 
I am going to go to College Bowls. Uh, we are going to go to Saturday. Um, we just had a CHGO bet show with Cody where we went through all of the bowls coming up all the way till Monday. And I think your pick of the week ended up being Southern Miss minus six and a half. Um, I also do like BYU SMU over 64. Um, but those are the two picks I like. Also Washington State plus three and a half. So there you go. There's three picks of the week for uh, DraftKings uh, bowl weekend coming up. And if you are looking to bet on the bowl season come up, there's 37 college bowl games coming up that you can bet on and kind of boost the are fun of one? watching them. No, <laughs> not yet. so many. Are we host? I've, there might be one out in the alley where Herb broke his leg. That or <laughs> <laughs> I heard the rumors about the whole AH thing, the Arlington Heights thing. You know, if they get a oh dome. Oh, boy. The if, Arlington Heights Bowl. Well, if they get a dome, for that they're going to need a sponsor. I'm just mm. saying, you know, CHGO something. CHGO what bowl? CH- the Arlington Heights Bowl. Yeah. The, the CHG, CHGO presents the Arlington Heights there Bowl. There you go. Done. Yeah. All right. Um, doesn't doesn't <laughs> I mean, have, it's not that zippy. The village of, like. Oh, Elk Grove Village sponsored. They did a bowl. have a bowl in the, the Bahamas. The bowl. Bahamas Bowl. Yeah. yeah, it was the village of Elk, Elk, Grove, Elk Grove Village. Elk Grove Village. Makers Bahamas won it. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mercy. I think it's called the Makers Won It Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh no. my god. Well, it was <laughs> five years ago. Who knows what it's been shifted to at this point? I don't know. Does DraftKings have a bowl? Probably. Probably. All right. So uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code CHGO. And also, if you are going to be betting on the NFL and you are a new customer, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And our next partner, Chi-Town Cornhole. We were able to use these boards at the tailgates uh, this past week. Uh, fall for the bear season chi-town custom cornhole are the number one cornhole provider for chicagoland and illinois since 2007 our signature box style can be designed or can our signature box style can be digitally printed covered in vinyl and painted and our cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in on the back led lights that light up the hole and exterior handles for easier carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers they're veteran owned and operated and they can also ship anywhere but also offer local pickups they specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing social event wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions like the holidays so check out their website shytowncornhole.com and make sure to follow them on instagram at shytown custom cornhole boards thank you very much for helping us out and uh, sponsoring us shytown cornhole um and i know it's the last thing you want to do right now is go outside and probably play cornhole, but summer's coming up. Put it inside. <laughs> or put it inside. Yeah. There you go. I mean, we have, we have an, enough space here with the loft to be able to play bags. Yeah, I, I also, worry about, I'm hoping when you're playing bags, you're not throwing them eight, in a normal eight feet high in the air to you need an hit a regular season. You can't be throwing line drives. Eight feet. That's a lot. I think you can play successfully play bags inside. I like an arc on mine, so I don't know. Eight, eight feet isn't great. We have yeah, we have a loft space, so yeah, this is. In plenty. here, I'm talking even in even in a regular home. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we do see this down at the bottom, so I do want to give a shout out to this before we go into the AL West or AL East. Um, we do have gift memberships also available for this holiday season. CHGO memberships can make the perfect gift for the diehard sports fan in your life, and the membership comes with a shirt sticker pack and a membership card all in a box so if you are looking for someone to give the gift of an all city gift membership to uh this holiday season check out allchgo.com um i think you can that's the direct yeah allchgo.com is where you can find that and i think it's on the the homepage. so uh make sure you are checking that out if you're looking for some gifts this holiday season all right let's get into the al west here steven uh we got mike trout (laughs) For the Angels. <laughs> All right. Cool. So they're, they said they didn't want to trade Otani. 
<laughs> so you go to the next guy. You got to trade two or, guys? Or the higher guy. I mean, like when you say pie in the sky, this is even higher than pie in the sky. I mean, no. This is a whole cake in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> the, the team for Mike Trout, yes. They would, they would have to put every one of their players currently on the team for Mike Trout. And if they want to, you know, do that, cool, fine. But, yeah, the Angels are like, no, we're good. We're, Money we're really will be good. spent. Why not spend it on Mike Trout? We get 30,000 people here at the Angel Stadium. Our money's good. Yeah, Artie's you're, good. You're not spending the money on Mike Trout. You're spending all of your players on Mike Trout. I don't think Major League Baseball would even allow, like, a 30-for-one swap. <laughs> <laughs> what, it doesn't get done with Luis Robert? No. No? You're just Eloy already, said you know? he's the next Mike Trout. Okay. Eloy so thinks then. Luis Robert's the next Mike Trout. So what I mean, but they have the current Mike Trout for like twelve more years, don't they? Nine more years. Nine so more years. They the would thing. only have Luis Robert for like six here's or a, five. That's true. <laughs> um, Two hundred eighty-five million dollars left on his contract for nine years. That's thirty-one point six million dollars per year for Mike Trout. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. It's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's I got a good gotta, deal. Gotta, I mean, I would love to acquire him, but yeah, the whole White Sox staff or team. Including Dylan Cease would have to go to the Angels and Ethan Katz, everybody, yeah, and Southpaw, yes. and Eminem's jacket guy, <laughs> and and Benetti, and Benetti, and yeah. Benetti. It'll be me, yeah. you, and me, you, and Vinny, and Mike Trout yeah, playing there you go. the White Sox. It's the team, yeah. I call. I, they might even have to uproot Thirty Fifth Street Red Hots to get Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Mike Trout's a no. Uh, let's go. And I mean, did the Angels at all, like as a team, interest you? Like, if you were, were you looking at, at the Angels and be like, oh. You know, maybe not Mike Trout, but this player could stick out. Like, I mean, they've sh- said they've shown interest in moving Choi Itani. While that is also really hard, and you would have to trade a lot of people, that player is worth trading a lot of people for because of the bat and the pitching. So, well, but they've got twenty four other guys on the roster. I think is the point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if we're laughing at Mike Trout, we should probably laugh at Shohei Otani. the The question is, do they have anybody else? And you know, yeah, maybe. Well, <laughs> and and I know it's just what about what the their, GM uh, saying, but the GM did say they're not trading Otani this offseason. Okay. So that's why I didn't go with Otani. What about Fletcher? Dave Fletcher? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely available. Yeah. He used he, to be good. Is he good, though? He's um, under a lot of team control. He's got a very long contract, if memory serves. Signed through 2025. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a team option for 2026 and 2027. He's making about $5 million a year. Perfect. Um, was great in the pandemic year, 120 OPS+. plus. But outside of that, he's been around an OPS plus of... 87 in the past two years, about 71 plus. So it's not great. It's like kind of having Leary Garcia. Oh, they already have one of those. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Um, and he only plays second base. So right. I just, I'm not sure if I'd be signing up for Fletcher because um, they kind of had him in Nick Madrigal and he just wasn't that good. Leary for Fletcher swap, swap straight up? I'd do it. I'd do it, even though he's, that's Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, bound, <laughs> yeah, bound Leary <laughs> Garcia with his 10 years. I, they, with that contract, they got him on the Hall of Fame ballot. Herb. You, you like trading for prospects that don't work out. Uh, Joe, Joe Adele, would that yeah. interest you? Um, no. I don't <laughs> oh, think wow, he's okay. good at all. I don't think he's good at baseball. Jared Kelnick, I just think, needs a different Oh, You just scene. like Jared Kelnick. Yes, I think the player is actually good. He's just in the wrong situation because the owner was talking shit about him. You folks uh, might not be able to see this on the live stream, but Herb, I looked over, and Herb's got the Major League Baseball trade simulator machine up on his phone. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that thing is broken. Yes. It is. It's bad. I'm just trying to add money to my deal that I'm going to make later on because I know you guys are going to shit on the deal. Oh, boy. All right. Especially well, Connor. Um, bad <laughs> Joe Adele. appear to be in the chat. Oh, KPW, that one. Yeah. Sorry, that Connor, not Connor Smith. Oh, I mean – Maybe this is just something that Joe Adele needs a, a, a new place just because he hasn't had the ability to 
get full playing time in LA, and he hasn't been good. Uh, never Former an OPS plus. Prospect. What's that? Former top three prospect. Yeah. Yes, former top three prospect. Sounds like Steven's all aboard the Joe. Well, I'm a big prospect guy, but no, I wouldn't be. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're in a the big past, prospect guy until they hit the majors and don't work, and then you're like, nope, <laughs> yep. that guy was a failed project. <laughs> he had a 920 OPS in Salt Lake. That's AAA last year, and he's still got like a 3.6 year difference there. In 2021, he had a 934 OPS Again. in Salt Lake. Like Again, PCL. It's that high altitude. It's, the it's basically course part two. Well, holy, but it was in the AAW in. It was in the AAA West last year, so oh. he, he had a 934 last year in a different league. Yeah, he had a worse it, he had a worse OPS he, than the PCL. He's sitting in Utah cores. Yes, he's in Utah cores. <laughs> Salt Lake. <laughs> Damn it! Just called co- Coca Cola. I right. can't drink alcohol. Oh yeah, we did. Uh, the, uh, hmm? I think AJ called them uh, Coca Colas, but we came up new nickname Pop. Oscar Pop. Oscar Pop. Colas. Oscar Pops. You yeah. have to have that S on the end. Pops. Colas. Oh, because Pops. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oscar Pops. I right. love it. I love it. I'm Oscar all about Pops. It. There you go. Or or Oscar Royal Crown Colas would also be pretty good, I think. <laughs> no one drinks RC. They have it. Uh, the Bears, Bears uh, no. Press Box has RC Cola in it. Yeah, Bears has Diet Pepsi and 7-Up and, like, Squirt. If you go to a pizza place in Chicago... And they don't have RC. Turn right back around. <laughs> that place is shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Oscar Ro- Royal Crown Colas. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> perfect. <laughs> the best place I know in, in the South Side is Milano's, and they have they have RC. So maybe I should stop shit talking. All right, let's go to the uh, next team. Uh, it's going to be Oakland. Ramon Laureano. We tried naming. You uh, skipped over Marco Gonzalez. Oh, on purpose? damn it! Uh, no, that was not on purpose. Okay. Uh, Seattle. Marco Gonzalez. You also brought up, you know. The GM shitting on Kellenic. Uh He was also not the GM, the owner. Oh, well, the, when the owner was like saying that they're going to manipulate his service time to a bunch of people in a public forum, and the, then he got suspended. Right, but he also uh, I'm talking about Jerry Depoto. That same guy, whoever that guy. I don't know if he was the owner, but okay. whoever that guy was also said like Julio Rodriguez wouldn't make it in the majors or something like that because he couldn't speak English. Wrong. Well, firstly, Julio Rodriguez speaks English, and then secondly. <laughs> That was dumb. This so wrong on both counts. This owner should be fired for, or bought out for his dumbass opinions. I don't think it was the owner, though. Yeah, so it was just a bad time. But for Marco Gonzalez, I mean, I think our pitching staff is pretty set unless we're going out and getting Carlos Rodon, which I know that's not happening. The only pitcher out there that I would say, hey, the White Sox could have this guy and then move on from Lucas Giolito would be – Carlos Rodon, because then you were getting a top-of-the-rotation guy. Marco Gonzalez is a bottom-rotation guy that wouldn't do really, uh, I don't think, much better than what Lucas Giolito did last year. And I don't think he would do what Lucas Giolito was going to do in 2023, which I think is going to be return to com- common form of what Lucas Giolito usually is. Well, that's what I'll keep bringing up every time we talk about, you know, could they go get another starting pitcher? Uh, who, who are you kicking out of this rotation? And because here's the thing, I'm not saying that the White Sox have five aces and that there's no reason to go that they can't, that they shouldn't upgrade, but they have five starting pitchers, including one they just signed to a free agent contract. They do not have a second baseman. They do not have a left fielder. If you're going, why, why would going and getting a starting pitcher be at the top of the priority list at all right now when you've got, you've got a full boat and you've got actual holes everywhere else? Yeah. I, and 
don't give up somebody that you know is going to create another hole to give yourself a problem and that you don't you can't get rid of. Now you have to go get rid of another starting pitcher. Yeah, and yeah. like he's Marco Gonzalez isn't even that good. Mm-mm. Like I, I just I, I think I'll keep asking that. People too. were looking for like left-handedness, and I think that's why people were yeah. you know Marco yeah. Gonzalez might intrigue, but I'd rather have five good right-handed pitchers than right. you know four good right-handed pitchers and, and, and one and, bad left-handed. And I'll keep asking this too, like. They just signed Clevenger. Do we think – I mean, is it like this slam dunk guarantee that Mike Clevenger is better than Lucas Giolito? No. Like, wouldn't you hold on, rather hold on to Giolito? Wouldn't you rather have Giolito than the guy you just signed, yeah. basically? Right. So cool. the, 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 uh, I understand Lucas frustrated a lot of fans last year. He frustrated the hell out of himself last year with what his performance. But the, the pounding the table, oh, get rid of Giolito, get rid of Giolito. I mean, they just signed a guy – the guy they just signed is not as good as Giolito maybe. He could be. I he think, could but be. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I would take if I'm betting on someone to have a better season in 2023, I'm betting on Giolito. Um, and if I'm betting out of the five guys in the White Sox rotation, I'm betting on them having a better season than Marco Gonzalez. Um, I just, I don't see a deal being made with Seattle because it seems like the White Sox and them have the same needs. And also, Seattle was very aggressive filling those needs. They needed a left fielder, they got Teoscar Hernandez. They needed a second baseman, they went out and got Colton Long. Like, I don't think Seattle is just going to be a good trade partner for the Sox because they had such similar needs going into the offseason. If you they, they already filled those needs, they wouldn't trade away from those. If that's the, if those are the two guys that the White Sox got in addition to Clevenger, most people would be like over the moon. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean that would have been great. And just to finish it out, it was Kevin Mather who was the president Thank of you. the Seattle Mariners and he did say the stuff about Kelnick to a group in 2021 that they manipulated service time in 2020 and then he did say something about Hakasi Iwakuma and Julio Rodriguez and how they don't speak English well. So, yes, he resigned. Yes, president because, of the United States. Because he uh, was a turd. Still yeah. is, probably. No, he's, he, he resigned the next day. Yeah, still a turd. Oh, still a turd. I thought you said still president. No, still a turd. Um, all right, let's go to the next team. Uh, and Connor, our resident Blue Jay fan, is still pissed off by the uh, Tay Oscar trade. Uh, Oakland, Ramon Laureano. Like, this is a guy that could fill a hole. Sure. Corner outfielder. He's not that expensive. Yeah, I'm gonna say wouldn't cost the White Sox that much of actual players. Nobody probably on the major league roster, uh, middling uh, minor league prospect, and a guy with a cannon of arm. He could play right field for the White Sox right now. I don't know. His power has been kind of not a thing since mm-hmm. you know the 80 game suspension for steroids. Whatever. It, it's a it's a move that is minor where it could help you out eventually. His arm is just, just that good. So is his defense, kind of. Well, I think the big thing that really sticks out is, like, you're, you talk about the defense. Like, he's got a cannon of an arm, got great range. But, yes, the power has dipped off, but what he does great is still make great contact. Um, his barrel rate has always been top 70th percentile. So, Hilarious, I— Matthew. Oh, and, yeah, Matthew Cortese <laughs> says they have a right fielder. Um, I got it. Hey, I got it. He can play a great left field. Um I, I just think that it would be an interesting guy because he is cheap, and he does have stuff that— I think is very underlying that could turn around. Like his his batting profile isn't terrible. Um, his defense isn't terrible. He runs the bases all right. Like it's kind of hitting everything hey. at kind of a, a an okay level. There's your Connor Pilkington for Cesar Hernandez trade. Perfect. That is a low risk trade right there. Fun one. Sean yeah. Sean Burke for 
for Ramon Lariano. Ramon Lariano. <laughs> Sean Burke um, is a little much. Too much? Yeah. Matthew Thompson for yeah, that sounds all right. it's Andrew Dahlquist. It's the A's. They, they'll, they'll take somebody else. And that I'm guy sure. will turn they'll into take, a champion. They will right. take... They will take <laughs> and they'll trade him, too. Yes. <laughs> Sebi Zavala. Um, like, remember we traded Chris Bassett? I remember I was like, oh, that guy is trash. So is Marcus Simeon. He can't feel worth a damn. <laughs> Whew, friends. Those, uh, those Oakland A's. They know what they're doing out there. Yeah. Well, and that is, is he a guy, too, that if you take him away from Oakland, is he just going to suck? Probably. I mean, it's not like he has been that good in the past three years or so. Like, I don't know. Is, is Loriano good because the A's as an organization are good? But uh, is he good? I mean, that's isn't that isn't that Josh Harrison? It's yeah, it's kind of yeah. left field yeah. Josh right. Harrison. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. past three years, an that's OPS good. plus of 101. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. He, he still <laughs> make like, I think there's, I don't think he's done yet. I don't think he's cooked. He plays an all right defense. I mean, he, he'll hustle. There you go. There you go, Steven. You know, oh, I love that. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> you bring up Josh Harrison. Old curmudgeon so. of the group. Yeah, I'm I think big on that. Uh, so, Ramon Laureano's an eight. Uh, let's go to the next one. Got uh, Jose Irikiti. Put him because they almost traded him for Wilson Contreras. I don't think Houston very much like Cleveland is very much in the that, that vein of, like, I don't think there's a reason for them to link up. Well, and now point. they're now they're an ace starter down as yeah. well. They do not have Justin Verlander anymore. They have a very good rotation. Don't get me wrong. It is still a strength of that team. But a team that could win the World Series would probably like to keep it that way. And when Verlander, with Verlander gone, everybody moves up a, a, a notch in that rotation as well. So, um, you're, you know, anytime if, if they were talking about trading their fifth starter the, the other day, now it's their fourth starter. If they were talking about trading their second starter, now it's their ace. So, uh, you know, everybody's a little bit more valuable to them all of a sudden. It seems like they're after Benatendi and uh, Brantley and Conforto, so they're going after the same people the White Sox would be going after. It doesn't seem like they they, they would have any interest in who the White Sox could offer. No, and that's fine. They're, there's a team that is solidified, and they're, like Vinny said, they lost their ace, and I don't think they're even checking for that. It's like, hmm, Carlos Rodon, no, nah, we're good. We're just going to go with the five guys we got on our current staff. We'll be fine. Also, they just got the White Sox best player. Yes. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they did. And for free. It still hurts. For free. I guess $60 million. Yeah, but that's not free. But they didn't yeah. give the White Sox $60 million. Uh, let's go to the final team, and that's Josh Smith. He's a utility player for the Rangers. The Rangers did win the dunk contest one year? He her? did. Yeah. He, he, oh, he was he, an Atlanta Hawk. He was yeah. great. Um, this one, this guy's white. Um, that guy. What happened? <laughs> what happened to him? So Josh Smith is a utility player, able to play shortstop, third base, left field. He's 25, uh, former second-round pick of the Yankees. If you wanted Joey Gallo, well, he was in the Joey Gallo trade. Is this the guy that only played six, like seven games last year or something? Uh, no. Uh, Josh Smith was uh, he played 73 games okay. uh, in Texas uh, last year, 556 OPS plus, 197 Again, just like Joey Gallo, under 200 batting average. There you go. Uh, 197 uh, batting average, but uh, good walk uh, rate. Uh, 307 OP, OBP still, uh, 50 strikeouts to 28 walks. So he's got good contact ability, uh, but just not a lot of power. But in Round Rock, it is the PCL, uh, 861 OPS, six home runs. Uh, but again, good Ridiculous. plate discipline, 54 strikeouts to 33 walks. So uh, he is a guy that bats left, can play kind of everywhere. Too Leary-ish? My, my, my thought is that why are you giving up something for, for guys like this right now? You know what I mean? The, the White Sox are trying to win the World Series. They need some certainty. They need some, they, you know, they're not going out and getting prospects they're right broke. now. Adolis Garcia, maybe. That, but isn't he too good? Like, don't no, they, no, but that is the person that we kind of need. Like, yes, they're thinking of competing for 
third place, second place, but they're trying to, you know, sign everybody while Adolis Garcia might be expendable to them, you know, and then you trade them a player that is, you know, maybe uh, extra for us. Hey, and, they've, they, they have no problem giving absolutely gargantuan amounts of money to everybody. Maybe you send them Yasmani Grandal. I mean, oh, my God. Right now, Garcia is projected to be their fourth hitter. I just don't know if they're just going to give up their fourth hitter. Oh, they're not going to give up. You right. got to like, send I, well, it back, but you send out of a place of strength. I'm sure without uh, Matt Moore there right now, their bullpen is a little suspect. You can send them not Liam Hendricks. You could send them somebody like Kendall Graven. You could send them Joe Kelly, not Raylo, but you could send them somebody like that and then, you know, freshen up the deal a little bit more and then get uh, Adolis Garcia, a Joe player Kelly the White Sox Joe Kelly is the Sox centerpiece of the Ode- Adolis Garcia trade? No, that would not work. <laughs> yeah, I'm about but that, you know, I would I wouldn't trade Raylo because, as Sean believes, I believe that he's a closer of the future, but not – now, now. I even though I'm gonna kind of contradict that in a second. I wouldn't trade. I'd do, <laughs> I wouldn't trade Adolis Garcia. Guy hits like 30 home runs yeah, and plays like great defense. That's what we need. Um, why would they trade him? That's like in the NBA. They got Josh Smith. They right. got former well, dunk contest champion Josh well, Smith. Like in the NBA, like you, what you love is guys who are long, play defense, and can shoot threes. Like what you love in baseball, guys who could play defense and hit home runs. Like I just don't see why the Rangers would trade a guy like that. Um, that's why I didn't put him on the list. I thought that was too pie in the sky. Mike Trout, Mike Trout can make fine. the list. Yeah, right. But Adolis Garcia, that's yeah, where that's I draw the line. the line. Let's go to the AL East, uh, and let's go to our headline man. Brandon Lau of the Tampa Bay Rays is the guy I want to start off with here. We have two other second basemen. We have Gleiber and Brandon Lau. Just and before you go, uh, let's uh, address yeah. the Guardians trading Owen Miller to the Brewers. Player to be named later. Feel free to address it. That guy, like they're trading that guy would on the White Sox. Owen Miller, ISU's finest, he would start for us. No, he wouldn't. You don't think he would start for us? No. At what position? Second base. Is he better than Romy Gonzalez? No. If you if you're pausing to answer that question, then he he wouldn't start for us. His 77 OPS plus (laughs) in the past 990 games. Yes. I'm 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 all right. I don't I Owen Miller does not. He would suck. Guardians making a lot of Guardians making a lot of moves that that earn nothing more than a shrug. Hey, that <laughs> player could be named later. You know, you never know what that could be. Well, he it played be a player. lot of first base for him too, with uh, Josh Naylor going over there. He needed to clear up some space. Yeah, he played first, second, third. He's a it's fine. Eight hundred OPS guy in the minors. <laughs> was he in the PCL? Cool. He was not in the PCL. <laughs> um, let's talk about second baseman, who I guess are a little bit more of upgrades. You know, Vinny saying Josh Smith is a little too eh. I think Owen Miller fits in that category. We want big, big names like Gliber Torres and Brandon Lau. Um, which one's more feasible or which one would make more sense? The Yankees sending over Gliber or the Rays sending over Lau? Both these teams have a lot of depth at the on the infield. Uh, the Yankees, because they've got a lot of guys kind of knocking on the door of the big leagues who, who play on the infield, not to mention some of the guys they have there already who can move around a bit. The Rays, because they're the Rays and they can plug in everybody all the time. Um, I think both of those guys make a lot more sense than every any most of the people we've been talking about the last two days. Um, the question just comes back to what can the White Sox put together to pry those guys away from their teams. I think the depth aspect makes them a little bit more expendable for those teams. But again, you got to give them something that's going to make them say yes to the deal. So I, I, I would say that basically of everybody we've talked about, those two might be the two that I would zero in on here. Uh, Torres uh, with the Yankees and, and then Lau, who's been an MVP candidate with the Rays in recent years. But as we know, the Rays will trade just about anybody away if they can get a nice package of prospects. Uh, maybe the White Sox 
could put something together that is, that'd be a little interesting, given that Lau is under contract for a pretty long time. Maybe they want to remain flexible down there in Tampa, but um, you know, Torres the same way. I would think you know maybe the the Yankees see that one piece on the White Sox that you know like oh we had that one guy and that 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 boosts our team after we gave all that money to Aaron Judge. Um, I, I think those are definitely two guys worth pursuing. Lau isn't that old. Only 28 years old, but he... And that rhymed nice. Uh, did it? Uh, well, you rhymed old with old. It's just oh, the same word. Over awesome. <laughs> um, just sounded familiar because it was the same word. But uh, he played about 55 games in 2022, and that's because he had lower back discomfort, mm-hmm. no surgery done, but the discomfort didn't subside after multiple injections. So do you really want to be going after a raise hitter with back issues? You don't, but... You're asking which one's more feasible for the White Sox, and I think, as Vinny said, the Rays are willing to trade, especially a guy that is getting close to getting really paid and a guy with back problems. I saw his – he doesn't play a lot. Like, the year he did play a lot, mercy. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, he is going to be a star if he plays. But we have a lot of those guys. (laughs) We're chock full of those guys. And maybe – Chock-a-block, as they say in Australia. Is that what they say? Yeah, instead of chock-full of, they say chock-a-block with. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like literally, we got English, and you just (laughs) ruined it when they sent the people down there. Um, But, yes, I think maybe you can get them for a, a, a smaller package, too. Because you say, man, he's got the, all these problems. we got people on our team that already got this. Why would we trade premium people to you for a guy that you want to trade, and we know this is what you want to do, so maybe we can get him for something that's not but, of Colston Montgomery type of thing. We can is, is the gap between bit. Lau and Gleiber Colston Montgomery, though? No, I don't mm. think either of those guys would no. cost you right. Colston so Montgomery. So I, I would just say if with Gleiber being 26 – no health issues, has played pretty much every single game in, in most of his years, 123, 144, 42 right. out of the 60 in 2020, 127, 140. And, I mean, he's consistently had power. The only two yeah. years that he kind of was zapped was 2020 and 2021, but we haven't really seen a lot of players who were bad in 2020 and bad in 2021 bounce back in 2022. He bounced back in 2022. So I'd be thrilled if the White Sox were able to get him, and I think the difference isn't enough where I would – be able to be like, all right, I'll take Lau, who has back issues. Like, give me Gleiber, who's younger, and I think proved himself a little bit more last year. He just, he just still little... hasn't been the guy they thought he was going to mm-hmm. be, or oh. certainly that the Cubs thought he was going to be one day. Um, but imagine what the White Sox guy is. I mean, the White Sox don't need you to be the next, you know, who's exactly. Great, yeah, No, you're right. You they, know. they need him to be their seventh hitter, right? right? I mean, like, or, you know, who knows? Maybe it's different now. They just now need him to be a gone, good but. second baseman. We haven't had that in a bit. Like, if, if if they have a guy who plays 140 games from that second base, like, that's a – he's going to get a parade. The only thing is, fewer games versus the Orioles. Glyber would hate that. He would hate that a lot. Because I remember one year he hit, like, 13 home runs versus the, the Orioles. Only that team. Well, and then, I don't know what – Gets to play I the Royals, though. I think it was, like, <laughs> 2019, and he was like, man, I'm just – feasting on these motherfuckers it was yeah i remember the run that he went on but that was also why the orioles pushed back their left field because glyber torres was hitting like 13 home runs against them i think i i was talking about him last year as a a great uh as a guy that the white Sox should have targeted and that was before he had a better season in Mm -hmm. 2022 i think torres makes a ton of sense Again, it's putting that it's putting a trade together, and yeah. and I think it, it's great to go down these lists of names and stuff like this. But it always comes back to the same thing: who you're gonna trade for them. The only thing that I would mention there is, it is like 2019, 
<laughs> yeah, I got it right here. So he batted 394 against him with 13 homers, 20 RBIs, and an OPS of way over 1,000, 1. 1.512. I mean, that's like Jose Abreu in August numbers. Uh, does the Gliber thing make less sense, though, if they don't get Correa or Swanson? Like, the was, Yeah, was that, was that really, did you think, dependent? That was kind of the, even last offseason, that was kind of my thought, oh, man, the Yankees really want Correa. They're going to go get Correa. They're just going to be overloaded with infielders. But I think they've got some – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've got some, like, multiple young infielders that are that are coming up and can and can fill that gap. Yeah, Really got, highly rated guys. Anthony Volpe is their top-rated prospect. He's got an ETA of 2023. Uh, Oswaldo Perez – or Peraza just came up and played shortstop for them. He's already up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe – And then they, they got they LeMahieu who bounces around everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, um, got, they've, they've got no problems on that infield – uh, Torres might be expendable. It's just whether if, it's just whether the White Sox can give them something they need. I mean, they need pitching, right? Yeah. They need pitching. So, so well, who the room, can the White Sox give them that would get that? The only other thing we saw too was, uh, and I do want to mention too, uh, they still have IKF, um, which I know Yankee fans would hate too. Um, so they still have IKF, but um, Noah Syndergaard and the Dodgers. And this is from Jeff Passan. Our agreement on a, a contract, uh, no details just yet, but Thor uh, will be a Dodger. Um, I don't think if we have any thoughts on that, but no. um, that sounds like the kind of guy who's going to do really, really well next year. Really yeah. well, and, and <laughs> all of his injury issues are going to go away. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe Glyber could be a possibility. Uh, let's go to the final names here. Um, I'm not going to even I put Devers on the list. I don't think the Red Sox are a trade candidate for the Sox. Um, I don't think the two Sox are going to link up here. I just put Devers because they haven't signed a real contract. They let Bogarts walk. They've let like a the lot of only, guys walk. It's like their only player left, isn't he? Right. But, like, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing in Boston. So, uh, Devers might be available. Um, Danny Jansen and Santander, though, these two guys, I think, are pretty viable. Santander kind of on the outs in uh, Baltimore because they got a lot of guys coming up um, and, and ready to replace him. He's a switch-hitting outfielder. Um, and then you also have uh, Danny Jansen. They have Moriano, um, who I think is their uh, top pros- catching prospect, and then Kirk as well, who's kind of edging them out there. Yeah, and so Danny Jansen, I guess, is the odd man out and would love them. I think it would take Liam to go back up to Toronto to get Danny Jansen's and... <laughs> Trading your all-star closer for effectively what might be a backup catcher for you. Oh, he's going to be a starting catcher for us because then you have. What's to, happening with Grandal? Then you got to you got to find a way to trade him somewhere else and eat the money because if you get Danny Jansen, he's your starting catcher. I'm believing, and I mean, it's going to be he, very. He would be your starting catcher, but I think just maybe that you'd hopefully be able to use Grandal at DH a little bit more. Uh, I guess would be the idea, and then you wouldn't have to, you know, force Grandall to be catching that much. Would, would hopefully save his legs and backup. And maybe the idea would be if we can get Grandall to play a hundred games at DH, he could hit twenty home runs or something like that. I mean, that I guess that would be the idea. Okay. And then you so would then have Aloy's playing left field, playing that, a little left field. Yeah, right. So you're but, acquiring Danny Jansen to push Aloy back into left field. You now do not have a closer, and you still don't have a second baseman. I don't like it. <laughs> it's a it's a terrible situation the White Sox have put themselves in, but I think that is probably the most viable thing for them right now. Is since they're only mentioning Liam in the rumors, and he is probably one of their most valuable pieces. It'll be it'll be hard. It'll be bad for the team to do this, but I think to acquire talent and maybe go at it in this championship season a different way 
is maybe what they have to do since they're not going to spend money. Ash, I would take Alejandro Kirk 100%. He's my man's. More, more over Danny Jansen. I think Jansen's a very fun piece. I don't know what he would do over 100 games. He has only played 100 games once in 2019. Uh, but over the past three seasons, 119 strikeouts, 63 walks, uh, 115 OPS plus. Like He gives more, I guess, legitimacy. 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 You Thank it. you. To that position uh, for the Sox, but it would just be how do you get that balance between Grandal and Jansen to work out. Um, the other guy that we threw out there is Santander. Do you like him? I think that's the kind of guy that would be kind of where you're looking at for the White Sox, right? Kind of that middle-level guy that, that can come in and be an upgrade over the nothing that you currently have, <laughs> um, but, you know, isn't going to break the bank uh, when it comes to uh, uh, making a trade. Um the Orioles are in a good spot in terms of long-term pieces, so maybe they would be looking for some more of a short-term return, shorter-term return, uh, you know, in that regard because they they almost made the playoffs last year. Um, or maybe they would be okay with taking a guy who's a little even further off because they expect to be contending that far down the line as well. But um, I think that I think that kind of player, that level of player, would be what what would make people happy in terms of the White Sox getting that to fill that gap? If the White Sox got a player who played 152 games and hit 30 home runs, that would be like, you know, most sold Jersey levels. I mean, the White Sox would love that type of consistency out in the outfield. You don't have to worry about who's playing in left field. You don't have to worry about what he's going to do because he just brings a very consistent, uh, level of play each and every year. So I think it'd be a fun addition for the Sox, and I think it might be actually feasible just because he is kind of on the outs here. Um, I think Jansen, again, it just doesn't make sense positionally because, again, like what? how does he fit in when you already have a couple of these holes already? So let's make and, our prediction. And the uh, the White Sox uh, post-game radio show callers could call him Salamander. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they'll this probably guy. They'll call him Salamander in our chat. Um, let's go to our predictions. Uh, when do we think... A trade will be made for the Sox, and if we have to say what the trade will be or what the trade will look like, uh, what does it look like? So, Vinny, clear in, or appear into your crystal ball here and uh, give us your thoughts. Well, I used that aforementioned trade simulator thing earlier today, <laughs> and basically the trade that I'm going to pr- propose here is a good uh, reason as to why it is broken because this lined up perfectly. Brandon Lau to the White Sox, who's finished in the top 10 in AL MVP voting in two of the last three years for injured Garrett Crochet, or coming back from Tommy John Garrett Crochet, Norhe Vera, and either Jose Rodriguez or Brian Ramos. That seems to be a an unrealistic package in my opinion, but I used the uh, trade predictor machine. Um, they also think very, very highly of Romy Gonzalez. You could put him in like any trade and it's almost complete all the way. So um, you didn't want to cheat. I, did, I didn't want to cheat and put Romy Gonzalez in the trade, but that also seems like the kind of guy that the Rays would yeah. use to perfection. Doesn't it? So, um, I mean, it would be two top 10 prospects for the White Sox. Ramos is fifth. Rodriguez is seventh. Ferris sixth. On uh, MLB.com's top 100 or top 30 prospects for the Sox, and I feel like Crochet, Vera, you know, I feel like Vera is that guy that like, ooh, it would hurt to part with, right? Yeah, not now, obviously, would, but like he seems to be the guy that the White Sox are very confident in over the long, long term. It, it, you know, he was a big international signing guy. I wouldn't be surprised if that would be the th- way that makes that hurt. The, Brian Ramos too is obviously is, is is generating a lot of interest down there in the minor leagues it seems. Funny enough, Rodriguez is the one I like the most. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think you like him more than any of these second base shortstop type of uh, prospects the White Sox have, right? Yeah, I mean I I I, th- I mean I think Jose Rodriguez will get a 
spring training invite. I mean, he's on the 40-man roster, so he'll be, he'll be in spring training. We'll see what he can do. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question if they don't add at second base and it's a competition between Gonzalez, Sosa, Rodriguez, and Sanchez. I think Rodriguez could win that. I mean, it just depends on how healthy his wrist is. Um, but Vero, I mean, what we've heard is he might just be a two-pitch pitcher. Um, and we with Crochet, you already said he's damaged goods. So, like, I think the... Rays, who have dealt with Glass now and Baz with Tommy John, like I don't think they would be turned away from a guy with great size and and stuff. So I think it, it's a kind of fair trade. I don't, well, I don't and, think and it's absurd. Crochet. I mean, if everybody's talking about him the way that the the way that or the way White Sox fans talk about him and the way it seems kind of the White Sox are eyeing him, you're talking about a high a high powered relief pitcher, mm-hmm. right? And so I mean, if Garrett Crochet is a potential closer for the Rays, let's say all but, of a sudden that looks a lot different than trading a guy who's going to be a middle reliever. Right? Is he a closer or is he an opener? For, Gar- ah, for, for, the for Rays. Kevin Cash and like, the Rays, not a bad a point. Like, yeah. He's not a starter, but he can go probably two innings. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That might be a perfect spot for Garrett Crochet. I don't. I don't hate that trade. Um, You're gonna hate for, mine. for the Sox at least. <laughs> You're gonna hate mine. Just I just make sure it's Ramos and not Rodriguez. At the beginning of this, and I didn't. You know, I'm no KPW is gonna be really mad at you. Can put it up, Stephen. <laughs> um, since <laughs> see, Kevin Biggio and Danny Jansen. I know Danny Jansen's great. Whatever, Liam Hendricks. And the Toronto Blue Jays had the worst bullpen in the playoffs last year. I know it was a short series. They didn't get a lot of time to do it, but they had an ADRA. And they have a great closer. Jordan Romano is solid and Canadian, so that works in his favor. But I'm sorry about that. Herb, you love that. Yeah. All right, okay. He doesn't like Biggio. He's trading Biggio. Well, he's been tra- yeah, trading he's Biggio been, to the White Sox for the last he, six months. He's yeah, been well, trading <laughs> Biggio, and they need to get rid of one of the catchers. Um, Biggio is not starting second baseman right now. I don't think it would be like uh, Espinal, right? They're starting second baseman yeah. or a starting second baseman? They're second baseman. Okay. Starting second baseman. I think it's Santiago Espinal. If I, um, prove me, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, KPW. He would fit in the second base spot. Is he good? No, he's not good at all. He's been pretty bad. Um, Merrifield's their second base right now. Roster resources. Last Wait. couple. Ugh. He can go to the outfield because he's terrible. Espinal and uh, Biggio on the bench. Okay, so I would think that they need to get rid of him, and Danny Jansen needs to go somewhere else. You get a closer of Liam Hendricks' uh, ilk, and he is a guy that's flexible enough. And when Craig Kimbrell came here. Liam famously said, you know what? I don't care where I pitch. Same thing with Craig Kimbrell, even though it turned out to be Liam being the closer. I think Liam could be a perfect 7th, 8th inning guy or the ninth inning guy if you want to give the two, well, not, only, not the reigning uh, reliever of the year, but you can give him the ninth inning and have Jordan Romano do the 8th innings. Either way, the Blue Jays get better. I think the White Sox get a lot better. And then, yeah, you could do a thing where you pay out the money that uh, Yasmani is owed or you could do like Vinny said, 100 games, or Sean said, 100 games at DH. Aloy's playing all the rest of the games at DH, and then some in left field. I think the White Sox are a little bit better team if they do that deal. I am feeling what Sean's face looked like as you were explaining that trade. <laughs> I That's like, a terrible trade for the White Sox. I li- you don't like that? They're, I giving like the- rid of, they're getting rid of the guy who might be the best closer in baseball for a catcher that you don't know what you're going to do with and a Playing. and a second baseman who can't start for a team that you're trying to be as good as. Well, <laughs> I, 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 from- but we don't have a catcher. That's an upgrade for catcher for us, though. <laughs> so right? you get a, you're going to get, get Jansen's not going to be a free agent until 2025. So you would have an idea of long-term-ish or short-term-ish after Grenzal's done in 2023, so you'd have a catcher for 2024. BGO plays everywhere, but he's a good defender and he runs well. 
He's a left and he, and he walks. So it's just about like that. Like he doesn't hit the ball or strike the ball very well. He's not very powerful, but he'll get on base and play defense and run well. So I think the fact that the White Sox get two players is huge for them because they just don't have a lot of guys, but I would not do this deal just because okay. Liam is Liam. And I think that you can get much more than just really Danny Jansen. Cause I don't know if, if, if BGO is that much of an upgrade and you know, BGO is a plus defender at three to four positions, but I also have heard that about Leary Garcia. And I know that they're different players and BGO has a 10 plus, you know, walk rate over his career, but I, I don't know. It, it does feel a little, feels dicey. Okay. To trade to trade your closer. Like oh that. yeah, I, yeah. It's very. Do you trust Raylo enough? No, I don't. So I don't know. I don't know about that. But one. like I said before, it's not ideal. They've put themselves in a spot where trading Liam Hendricks is not what you want to do, but is what you have to do. The more I thought about it, the the less I hate it, but I don't love it. <laughs> what do you got, Sean? I have something from yesterday. I'm not going to the American League. I'm going yes. to go to the. San Francisco Giants, mainly just because we can say yes, and we can have uh, Hawk Harrelson come back and have a have a, have a little young yes, yeah, have a have a, a little chat with old yes while so young yes. Also, back. you got to write up there, Stephen. Sox get Hawk Harrelson back in the booth. Yes, under under this under this trade. So Sox get part of the deal. Yeah, Mike Yaz, Stremski. Giants get Gavin Sheets, Jimmy Lambert, and Cole Simas. Simas, uh, I think, is top twenty or no? I think he's later half of the the, the top twenty. Uh, for the Sox. Uh, yeah, uh, he's 18. 18 is uh, estimated time of arrival is 2024. Uh, he's 22 years old, last pitched in double A for the Sox. Great K numbers, uh, 10 plus in K per nine, uh, but walks the yard. Uh, big whip numbers, not a lot of great production outside of the Ks. So I do think that, especially with San Francisco, they'll put him in the pitch lab. Maybe he's an interesting piece. Uh, but then with Jimmy Lambert and Gavin Sheets, if you put Gavin Sheets in right field, in that Oracle Park wall, doesn't have to run that far, right? Um, and <laughs> and maybe it's you'd worth, be able no. to get some power, but he would be mainly a fourth outfielder for them because they have Jock and they have uh, uh, Hanniger. Hanniger, who they just signed. Um, I do think they have Jock potentially playing DH, uh, but also Brandon Belt's leaving as well. So Sheets could possibly fill up first base as well. That's and then better. Lambert fills out that bullpen. It's not... The greatest trade in the world, but they're getting two major league players for a guy that I think is kind of out in the skirts uh, uh, for the Giants. So I think it's a good trade yes. for the White Sox. I'm not sure the Giants do say yes to that one. I think it's I the know. opposite. I think it's a good trade for the Giants because you're getting Jimmy Lambert, and they're going to turn him into a starter, and he's going to be st- a stud out there. No, he won't be. Yes, he will. Jimmy, Lam- then why wouldn't the White Sox turn him into a starter? Because the White already, Sox, why wouldn't the White Sox they, just take the, Jimmy Lambert and turn him into a starter? It's really hard to do. Eight million it. on Clevenger. It's really hard to do to turn a, a reliever into a starter over uh, offseason, and they don't know the certainty of Jimmy Lambert if he is going to be a stud. The Giants have the availability to do that because they're in the NOS. So they're like, okay, who cares? We're going to lose to the Dodgers and the Padres. Let's just spend a year having Jimmy Lambert be in our fifth starter. The White Sox can't do that. If the White Sox came back and say, hey, Why we got our guy, our reliever Giants- last year that was pretty good. We found a great role, and we're going to turn him into a starter. The Giants two years ago just uh, – the Giants are in a position to win, too. They just spent $350 million on their shortstop. Yeah. And two years ago, they just – when the White Sox were AL Central champions, they won 107 games. Like, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know why the Giants are in a better position to make Jimmy Lambert a starter when he was already a starter, too. It's not like he was just a reliever his whole career. Yeah. You guys – you guys – you in that – yeah. Yeah. Front office loves that trade, says Matthew Cortese. I think everybody involved with the White Sox should like that trade because they get an everyday outfielder for their 
a guy who might be their sixth best reliever and a guy who is not an everyday player. But currently is. Well, but he's not. I mean, he would <laughs> well, have to be if the season, the season started, started today. today yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that deal gets done. Uh, the pluses, though, good defender. And uh, if you took his numbers, the stack has numbers by expected home runs, uh, he'd have like... He said 73 home runs in the past four years. If you put him in the White Sox over those past four years, he would have like 98. Um, so I just do think the power is really there, 20-plus home runs. Uh, he's an all right defender. I think it's a good fit. But he's like he's 31. Like, I don't know how much value a guy who's 31 has. Like, I mean, do we need to go dead. over the moon for no. Gavin Sheets? And No, he's not dead. And he does have team control for, I think, yeah. two more years. 31's not that old. It's, Young just, it's just over your prime years. He could still hit. He could still do some work. But I think that's way too much of a give for the White Sox. Guys, wow. I did take your three uh, trades here, and I put it into a poll on YouTube. The question was, which player would you be uh, would you be most interested in the Sox trading for? Brandon Lau, Mike Stremski, and Kevin Biggio. Why do you it put was, Biggio as the perfect? It should have been Danny Jansen. It, it was a bigger need. That's why I, okay. I, I picked between the two, and we don't need another catcher. That, who's going to start? I don't even know. Brandon Lau was the overwhelming winner here with 50% of the vote. Uh Biggio was second with 27, and Yastrzemski was third with 23. Name recognition. What? What? <laughs> Name recognition? One of Biggio and Yaz. Yes. Biggio. Biggio and Yaz. Yes. I didn't say favorites. what the returns were or anything like that. I just said which player would you be most interested in trading for. All right. That's you think there's 85-year-old dudes too. doing polls? <laughs> there's people who've seen Craig Biggio play. Nobody's seen Mike, I mean, uh, Carl Yastrzemski play. He won a triple crown. I understood that in 1967 with Jim Lombard. <laughs> Enrico for, the, Petr- for the car mines. Yeah, Enrico Petroselli. <laughs> was it 67 or 76? I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't know. I think it was 67. That was, that was the year the, the Red Sox did a lot of good things. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for our show. Uh, 54 thumbs up and one dislike. So we'll take all of those likes. If you still are around, uh, make sure to like the video. We would appreciate 110 of you watching. Uh, thank you very much. Shout out to other Sean, AJ, Matthew Cortese, Kevin, KPW for hanging out with us and everyone else in the chat. Thank you to Vinny. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And again, he has a brand new post on all CHGO talking about the White Sox and trades and how it just seems weird. Seems tough. Seems, Seems weird hard. and tough. Yep. Um, and I was right. It was 67. Okay. Uh, and the yeah, man in the middle who knows all of Carl Yastrzemski's uh, ba- baseball reference page uh, by heart, Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter. Every single day of his career, 23 years as a Boston Red Sox. Sounds about Jesus right. Sounds up, sounds about like 70s baseball. And he made like a bunch of all-star teams. And God no damn. money. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Eckerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, and thank you very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.